0: Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. Welcome, welcome everyone, and we are here to talk to you today. I have a couple of guests in my in my room here with me today. I have a friend, Charity Augenball. Hello, Charity. She's a friend, been a friend for many years. And I have another friend, Catherine Cruda. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh my goodness. It's so good to see you both. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see us here today. And um, we are here to talk to some of you and all of you about a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts. And it's going back to school and safely and with as much protection as we can. And I, I'm putting this out here because we have had a number of guests on the show, and I offer a platform for my guests to share the information, the correct information. And also remember, we all are human and we have hearts. I have told you many, many times before, I'm not a physician, I'm not a healthcare worker, Bless God, bless the healthcare workers out there. God bless the teachers out there that are putting their lives at risk for our fabulous children. And we're here to bring you information from these two ladies because they do have children. They have careers. Um, their husbands have careers, and their careers are bringing up their babies too. So we are here to talk to you today about the kids that are really missing, not missing this education and what education. Per- provides. provides for these children other than knowledge. I am going to allow each guest to really voice their opinions and I will listen and share with you. So we are going to get started because we are all in this together. I, every time I hear that, I say that, I think about that song. We're all in this together. There we go. There's my singing. There it is. There I is. didn't Almost know I was going to get single singing. Episode, we <laughs> yeah. have to get your singing. I got to get the singing out of you. right? We need to
1: practice a song. I know we That do. way we, we can do. just break it out together.
0: Yeah. If you haven't noticed, Paul is a singer and I would not be a singer though, so, but I try.
1: You do one know oh, He's so <laughs> fabulously.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. We're going to talk about this. First of all, we're on this worldwide pandemic that it is going to end. I know it is now. I I'm saying that because I'm human and it's going to end. And, um, we're going to talk about how you two ladies dealt with COVID since probably, well, it's spring break, the second week week of March. So tell us you two have children Charity, you have three beautiful Libby. That's nine Margaret Ann's seven and Claire. That's four. Yes. All right. So you have three. Your husband is working from the home. Absolutely. All right. And Catherine, you have Claire. That's nine and Campbell. That's seven. Yes. Okay. So you are in a different phase of life than I am. All right. So I want to hear because I remember the back to school. This was the time you were getting their clothes ready and you were Getting excited, meeting the teachers. So let's move, let's go backwards to March 9th-ish when we were all in that spring break. And
2: tell us what you, what was going on in your minds. So um, JT and I and the girls were down in Chennaughty Hot Springs near Big Bend, like literally in the middle of nowhere camping. And on that Thursday of spring break, and I think that is March 8th-ish, we drove into town nearest private air (laughs) airstrip that also has internet and jt's cell phone blew up and he said well family we are going home today so we drove 30 minutes back packed up camp drove straight through got back into fort worth about four o'clock in the morning and jt was at their office before six that morning and so um at that point we're like well i guess we have an extra week of spring break right um and so we Played at home safely for a week. Um, and then uh, towards the end of the week, we realized, okay, well, looks like we are going to be home for the the mm-hmm. next bit. Mm-hmm. Hunker down. Hunker down. So pretty quickly, I am um, type A. And so very quickly, Cheers. we had our schedule and our routine, and we had to stay quiet so JT could work because his clients were not um, okay with kids and Zoom calls. And um, so we were quiet from about 7 a.m. until 6 p.m. every single day. And we worked and disciplined, and we were outdoors running and doing our own PE, but um, we pretty quickly got into a routine.
0: Okay, now school is, right now we're in summer. Mm-hmm. And so, Catherine, tell us how you, how your family found out and...
1: Well, our family had taken a trip to Disney World at the end of January. So our plan was just to kind of be home over spring break and relax and um at that time when we found out we were going to have an extended spring break, it was kind of like, oh man, we should have maybe gone somewhere because this is getting <laughs> to be a lot of time at home. Sure. And like Charity said, it, the news came we're going to um stay home longer and and I'm not as type A or organized, so our days looked a little different. My husband um, is in an essential business, so he was still going in to work. Um, So it was uh, my two daughters and I, and um, we had our schedule with school. I would kind of do lesson plans on Sunday nights when we got the information, and then we'd plan it out through the week. Um, We were very fortunate um, that my daughter had gotten a laptop for Christmas, so she used that, and then we had our home computer um, that my other daughter could do. Some of her studies on, um, but it very quickly was apparent that that was just not a good fit and didn't work, um, as far as even me being there by their side to, um, try and facilitate their education. I have always... Um, treasure teachers and just worship the ground that they walked on. After that experience, I just I cannot say enough amazing things about teachers. They are incredible humans.
0: Incredibly, incredible humans and underpaid. Are we all in agreement after this is uh, yes. after we've gone yes. through no this? Yes, no question. Absolutely, absolutely. So, the girls and uh, your children have mm-hmm. all been, they're, they're they're home all summer, mm-hmm. a little bit of relax. I mean, we've had some relaxation, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the kids. I mean, they've had some summer camps or no?
2: Yes. Yes. So Libby went to Camp Mystic. We fully yes. quarantined for two weeks ahead of time, and she had to um, take her temperature daily. Um, but I was so thankful that she was able to have that experience just being a normal kid. And right. So um, nice. it was it was important for her. Okay. Other than that, the two girls have been home. The other two have been home with me home for with much you. the whole time.
1: We were able to do summer camps too. I actually, one of the first summer day camps that opened up, it would have been that last week of school. Obviously, we weren't in school. I signed them up immediately. I just, I don't know. It was something about, like, I could just see in their eyes. They needed some activity. They needed other people. I mean, their peers around them. Um, and I will never forget every day picking them up and just the joy on their faces. It was like, I got my kids back. Wow. And then they did a sleepover camp as well. Um, later in the summer,
0: later in the summer. So, and that went well, all the camps went well.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, looking at this and I have a 21
0: year old that's a senior in TCU at TCU. And so I was with the girls at a uh, Cabo. And I had some of our sorority sisters yeah. with me. And the, the day before we left, they turned on the television for some reason. And it was, they were talking about Harvard shutting down and all the, the um, schools on the East Coast, the Upper East Coast, were shutting down. And the, oh my gosh, we're going to get an extra spring break. Should we not go home? Oh my goodness. They were so excited, so, so excited. And I looked at those girls. Of course, I graduated TCU and I said, Girls, mark my word, TCU will never. Ever close down. They will never just. Just let's move on. Okay. So, and then we get home, and close. TCU closes down. So don't listen to me. But um, before she started, she decided because the internships didn't work out for the the summer, obviously, and she she had a meltdown mm-hmm. right the day before she started her first summer class. And um, you were t- we were talking before the show. Kennedy has ADHD was diagnosed her sixth grade year, I believe, and uh, sixth, seventh grade. And just the meltdown of, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I, I can't teach myself upper level classes, senior classes. Oh. She's like, I can't, I can't do it. And I said, you know what? You can do whatever you want to do. You, you can do it. And I'm, she made the dean's list this summer. I mean, she you know, you can do it. It's not, it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. It's to, sense, sense, to Spend any time during your your, uh, education at home, in a room, with your parents teaching, unless you choose to homeschool. Mm -hmm. And I have friends that make that decision. So times did change for us. So what we're going to move into now, because it's August and it's back to school, Mm -hmm. and you both have brought this to me, back to school, back to safety. And I want to talk to you about your feelings on should you let your kids go back to school or what would be the decision that you two would make, Catherine?
1: Well, our district was offering a choice for in-person or virtual learning starting on August 17th, um, which I feel like was the best of both. There are families that live in multi-generational homes that have grandparents that are at risk. There are teachers who do not feel comfortable coming back, which is, of course, understandable. Um, those are real things, and and those families need to stay home. And so the, the virtual option... I, makes sense. The in-person option, I think, also makes sense for families that are not at risk, who um, are, you know, following the guidelines and who feel safe going to school. School's like you mentioned before, are so much more than education. There are children who depend on being inside of a school building, not just for those academic needs, but for their um, social, emotional, physical needs to be met. So I think when the district offered that choice, it made sense. They were planning for this. They were going to be prepared to open those doors on the 17th um, of this month. When that choice was taken away, and we're now at a start date of September 8th for virtual only. I cannot imagine the number of children that are going to be left in unsafe, dangerous situations because they cannot be in that school building. For my family, I also felt comfortable sending them to school um, we were not going to choose a virtual option, um, so that was our plan. Was for the girls to go ahead and go back to school. Do the girls want to go back to school? Yes, they beg. They beg They. I was reading the the Wall Street Journal article, and there's a picture of kids at desks and colored pencils. And my daughter came up behind me. She's, "Mommy, look at that." Mm-mm. I mean, it's just it doesn't seem like it's been that long since they haven't been in school, but that's their world. I mean, that's, I mean, we're human beings and we, the director of the CDC, the um, Academy of American Academy of Pediatrics says it's safest for our children to be in school. That's not just how they learn math and reading and writing. They need that.
0: Right. The social. Yes. And the safety. The safety. And the safety. Right. So I have a question and I've asked several of my guests with the school district that you to have your children, do they have computers that are are laptops that are sent home with them? Are you
1: responsible for laptops? How does that work? So our children are in Fort Worth ISD um, and our school specifically um, has, devices that can be sent home with children enough for every family and possibly enough for every family to have more than one. Um, like I said, we we are very fortunate to have those at our house. So the ones available from the school will go to other families that need them. Um, Fort Worth ISD right now is, Pulling millions and millions and millions of dollars to try and get these devices to children at lower income schools. Um, they're setting up hotspots. Um, they're having, um, I think, drive through, pick up your Chromebook and then take that home. Um, I applaud Fort Worth ISD for that effort. I think it just falls short when a child is being left at home by themselves because their parents have to work to put food on the table. There's no one to help them log in, to facilitate their learning, um, to bring them a meal. I mean, we talk about these kids that depend on school to be open so that they can be fed. I mean, that's 80% of our 84,000 students in Fort Worth ISD depend on their schools for free or reduced lunches. 80%.
0: Oh, my goodness. I, I didn't realize that.
1: That is unbelievable.
0: I know. So... Do you have, I mean, so y'all are using computers that you or you have in your home, correct Yes, okay. So
2: we ended up in the spring buying an extra laptop. Um, and so the two older children and I um uh, were sharing two laptops. oh, my goodness. which logging, I mean, speaking of logging in, i I'm, um, Pretty well educated, and yet, however, try, trying to log one child out and one child back in—I mean, you have to clear windows and macros, and I mean, I don't even. Right. Um, we laughed about it. I mean, I spent longer trying to log them in than they did on their or Exactly. Um, but um, <laughs> more yeah. than you want to know about Zoom, right? Uh-huh. Yes, much more. So, yeah. and, so we're planning, I guess, to purchase another, some sort of laptop or something. Do all three fall. girls need a, a, a device? Well, um, Claire doesn't. She's just four, right. and um, and it's hard though too because it's all this education has talked about how um like try to reduce device time and uh, you know, oh for me I'm like okay well already they, the girls desperately want you know want to watch a show we've gotten back it's, it's really cheesy but our family has started watching Little House on the Prairie together Oh my and my stars. mother-in-law made my girls like these little sleeping caps and they put on their sleeping caps and we watch as a family together but I'm like oh no there's one hour of screen time we just did and so right. you think about having to add in another six hours of school or whatnot on the screen. That's right
0: you know and that is a totally different podcast but screen time with these children mm-hmm. they are just in front of the computer constantly Mm -hmm. and then they want to play games when they're finished right i mean how you control that that's another podcast so okay so y'all take me to the back in school back to school back to safety movement and what's going on why why i mean the schools tell us more like Everyone thinks okay back to school. We're going to learn. We're going to take six classes a day or seven mm-hmm. classes a day and they're going to be academically challenged and rewarded. So you're saying this movement
1: it's not about that, right? It's it it includes that, but Sure. Oh, we're talking about screen time and um I mean a, a, across our district these children who are isolated in front of a screen for hours a day, I mean are are suffering huge deficits. I mean, the numbers of suicide in our community and young children is, is increasing. Um, Not to mention, you're asking about um, just, just more of why it's so important for kids to be in school, not just academically, um, is just to meet those, you know, physical and emotional needs. Um, We have seen just a horrific increase of child abuse related deaths in our community um there's actually been less cases reported because teachers are the number one reporters of child abuse um so without those teachers and that safety net um they're not getting the reports but more children are are being injured so severely um that they're dying i mean um we also talked a little bit about you know our Fort Worth ISD about depending on that to open for meals. Um, Fort Worth ISD is actually responsible for tracking homelessness um, for children who are above the age of five. So this is not even talking about children zero to five, and this is homeless children five and above through high school. Um, so there are about 2,500 homeless children in Fort Worth ISD. Um, those are the ones accounted for. And those are the ones that, um, work with a liaison to meet their needs as far as getting clothing and food and and they work their tails off to keep these kids in school. Um, That may mean finding them at a hotel, that may mean finding them on the curb, in their mother's car, um, and making sure that they get in school. And again, these are just the ones that are accounted for. After we never went back in the spring, these liaisons tried to track these children down and 10% were lost. That's, we did the math.
0: Lost. Lost.
1: Hundreds of children that are unaccounted for. Where are
0: they? Unbelievable. I, I'm, back, I, I'm still thinking through the 2,500 homeless children. Yes. That's not adults.
1: That's... I, Tiffany, I've learned so much. And I, I mean, I'm, I think that I've always been kind of a naive person and just kind of taking care of my family and going about and doing the best when I heard the announcement that school would not be going back in person, not even on the 17th, like Fort Worth ISD promised, but until September 8th, I got this by like, didn't know what to, to do next, but had to do something thinking about these kids that completely depend on the system.
0: You are advocating for these children that we can't find in these 2,500 children and the parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, the parents that they don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, so sending them back to school. We recently had a teacher on the show and I asked her and I taught high school um, and I asked her, do you have, do you notice in second grade uh, neglect or do you notice, do you abuse it on? She said, mm. absolutely. It starts out whether or not they're hungry or they're not clothed properly, or they wear the same clothes all the time, or then, then the bruising and mm-hmm. the emotions. Mm-hmm. So that is so far-fetched for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it is. And that you're advocating for the, pit, the kids that don't have a voice That's is incredible. True. It's incredible. I mean that I just, I, I'm blown away.
1: So what are you doing? What What's the solution? So I feel at this point it's putting pressure on our board. Um, when is it going to be okay to go back? We have, um, with a small group of equally concerned um, citizens and parents and doctors and nurses and social workers, um, we've reached out to our um, county judge and we've asked him, what do our parameters need to be? um are actually um, attorney general when our health official made that sweeping order to prophylactically t- close all schools um the attorney general came back and said that is not okay we cannot do this prophylactically we need to do this case by case this is not and i don't want to sit here and say oh it's easy just open the doors and send everyone back in this is not a one size fits all i mean this is this is something that's going to take creativity and work and um, preparedness. So our conversation with Judge Whitley was, when When can we go back? Where do we need to be? His answer was, our health official says we need to be at 10% um, infection rate or less. Okay, we're right. We At that point, we were at 15. This was um, September twenty. I'll have to check my dates exactly. But, um, at this point, according to our superintendent last night at the town hall meeting, we were at about 11 to 12%. He said, we need to be somewhere in the single digits.
0: The infection rate is 11 to 12% right now in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. and I'm going
1: to back up a bit. Yes. the 23rd of July, right? not mm-hmm. September,
0: so July. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Say, so the, the infection rate is coming down in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Thank goodness. Okay. All right. So in they're waiting still. So because- give
1: us, yes. Give us metrics. Where do we need to be? What do we need to see? Um, and he, we didn't really get a clear answer in our town hall meeting last night. That was a zoom call. Um, so I'm hopeful that we'll get some more distinct parameters. Um, I do know that our, um, our health official put out a 23-page document with some guidelines of returning back to school. I, I think that's probably great, but I don't know how attainable that is going to look. Um, I think, unfortunately, at this moment as our community, it, it kind of looks like they're not trying to get us back to where we need to be Um, from speaking with some teachers and hearing teachers call into some of these town hall meetings and zoom calls. They are not prepared. They don't have PPE. They're asking what they're supposed to do when kids come back in the classroom. So my question is what's been going on since March? What's our plan Why, why would any teacher not be prepared? I mean, why are you, I feel like the system is failing, not just our students, but it's so unfair to the teachers. Do you think that, um, I, we all are, it seems like every week
0: we, there's new information or there's, you know, remember in the beginning when they're like, don't wear a mask. You don't need a mask. Mm -hmm. And even my sister that's healthcare professional, she said, don't wear a mask. That was the very first week when I was coming back from Cabo. Um, but there's so many didn't we all think this was going to be done by August? Do you remember thinking, oh, in
1: August, we're like, this isn't going to be a thing in August? Well, yes. And how about our kids that are like, I can't wait to go back to school. I can't wait to go back to school. And also as parents, it was kind of our hope after going through the spring and having that, you know, time and just realizing that even as two educated women with devices in our home, we were struggling to teach our kids. Um, so that hope that we were going back to school. And then the, the thought and the and the education that I've gotten about the children that so heavily depend on being back in school. Um, it just it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. It is. And that date keeps changing. I know we keep hearing it's a fluid situation. It's um, I do think COVID is is here and we live in a different world, but we have to do better for these kids. I mean, we have to keep moving forward and figure out how to meet their needs. Absolutely. Charity, are you prepared to take, what are you guys
0: going to do in the fall?
2: Oh, um, well, that's a, that's a funny question. Um, my, one of my sister-in-law homeschools her children and she has from the time, you know, he was preschool and my brother actually sent me early on the Oprah meme, Mm -hmm. um, that says you get to homeschool, you get to homeschool, you get to like total joke. And I was like, ha ha, that's so funny. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's hard because, um, I do. I mean, when Catherine and I were walking up here, we were wearing our mask and laughing about walking up the stairs and how you get out of breath, um, just wearing a mask. And I walk stairs every day in my house. And yet still just the mask just adds a whole nother element. And I hate the idea of my children. And. Um, sitting at their desk and mask and how it just, I mean, a mask, it does. It mask yourself and your smile. And um, you know, the, who is it that said you're never fully dressed without a smile. right And it, I mean, you can't tell when someone's smiling or not. Um, and so JT and I really had gone back and forth. And um, to me, I do have um, two brothers that are anesthesiologists and a sister-in-law that's an anesthesiologist. And in fact, um, two of them are up in, um, New York City, and they run the ICU at um the Presbyterian Hospital up there, and so they were on the you know forefront so early on, and just their experiences, and um you know they early early on they were you know cautioning our family wear your mask, be careful, and so to me it is so important to be careful, and and for those that are more vulnerable, um and so I, I don't know I mean we go back and forth I had um planned on virtual learning jt said the girls need socialization um and so i i don't know i i would like to see I mean, the whole the, the movement and um, that catherine has been involved with it's back to school back back safely so i would love to see our our school district put some creativity into how can we go back safely and um, you know what what can be done is it a week on, a week off—something Sup- to make normalcy for our kids. Absolutely, and um, because it has—it has not been. It's, we've been—we have stayed—we have pretty much quarantined with two other families um, on our street, and our our kids miss that interaction.
0: Of course, they do.
2: And um, yeah. And then I also I, I talked to you a little bit earlier about I I do feel passionate about GT is on the board of um directors of Presbyterian Night Shelter and I've worked with my church with some Union Gospel Mission kids and I do feel passionate about those children and I can go and volunteer one day a week, but how many people of those twenty five hundred um, right. homeless children, you know, can I actually impact?
0: Exactly. That's a lot. I just I can't I cannot believe the numbers. And going back to what school is doing for these children. I read Catherine in your information that you shared with me that Cook's children here in Fort Worth had a four month wait list for children to be admitted to their inpatient psychiatric unit.
1: That's correct. I actually had the opportunity, um, to speak with the head of the, um, or she's involved with the care team. Um, it's C A R and that stands for, um, I had it in front of me. I'll find it in just a second. I had such a great conversation with her and my eyes were opened even more on how important um, detection is for child abuse, um, sexual abuse of children, um, that these children on a four month wait list were deemed not safe to be in their environment. And this was caught by teachers and educators and um in community programs. Um and now that unit has very small amount of patients. So what that indicates is that these Children are still in these environments that are not safe that they need to be removed from, but because of these closures and because of the system not being available, they are they cannot be removed. They don't have these referrals to be taken from their environments and put in Cook Children's psychiatric unit.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I I just I'm I'm amazed that there is a psychiatric unit. I mean, one would think, why would we need that? But we certainly do need that because they're in harm's way. Are they going to the shelters? Are are we facilitating the shelters? In well, Fort Worth? my
1: understanding from from a friend of mine who's been working with the homeless population in Fort Worth for over 15 years is that 80 of of these of homeless children and families don't actually access the shelters um, that they are are living in hotels or their car or camping um, that they're not actually in the shelters. So my question for our district is, is meeting the needs of these families. How, how are they planning on doing that? I mean, they can't just give them a Chromebook and a hotspot. That's not going to
0: work. Right. Not at all.
1: Not at all. And I read that
0: the abuse related deaths went from an average of five to 10 a year to two a week in the spring? In the is that spring, accurate?
1: Yes, that is accurate. I, it's it's There's not really words. I, that's two children dead a week. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. Not at all. And let's talk about,
0: are we, you know, and I'm watching New York open because I'm trying to gather my thoughts. I'm watching New York open and New York did a fantastic job of mm-hmm. shutting down and I mean, they, they, I, I have to, my hats are off, uh, my yeah. hats off, but they are starting back to school mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken.
1: That is my understanding as well. Yes. That, um, yes, they are going back to school in person. I think that like our County, it's going to be a district by district school by school situation, um, on doing that safely. Um, but that to me was encouraging that they were in this hot spot and just mm-hmm. in such turmoil. But they not only realized the importance and the, the critical issue of getting children back in school, but that they are being creative and finding ways to do that. Um, the Wall Street Journal that I mentioned earlier was um, very um, thorough on. Going over other countries who have done this well um, and who have had very low transmission rates from children to children, um, they actually um, studied some families that um, did have cases of COVID and found that their index patient, which is the first one infected, was not the child, that it was from an adult. And of course, this doesn't discount the safety issues for teachers and other staff being there. Um, but as far as children transmitting it to each other or to adults, the are very, very low. As moms, I am curious,
0: how afraid um, are you of contracting COVID as an adult? And how afraid are you with your children? Because we don't want our children, I'll take it. But yeah, how, what is your feeling on that? Because we have discussed as a family and my husband, I think my husband thinks he's bulletproof, but (laughs) He's like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. My child, it's a different story. Now she's an adult. But what are your feelings on that? I mean, because I know someone in my family, well, my family, someone recently, sick, sick, sick. Another person, not one single symptom. Not one. Same blood type, not one. What are your
2: thoughts as moms? Like, what are your feelings? I think I have not been overly worried, um, knowing that if uh, I think that we, we are not immune compromised, and uh, we are healthy. I, the idea of contracting it, I mean, yeah, sure. There's a little bit of a scare to it. Um, but for me, the biggest thing, my grandparents are still alive and they are 90 years old and 97 years old. And just the idea that, I wanted to be able to see them. And so for me, it was very important for us to quarantine and like stay safe so that I could take my kids to see their grandparents.
1: Absolutely. 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 I, um, I feel like my new mantra is fear is a four letter word Mm -hmm. because I can't tell you The fear that I had when this started, our daughter was diagnosed with asthma in February, but she in, um, October was hospitalized for a respiratory infection and went into respiratory distress, um, and spent time at Cook Children's. And so I just knew we were going to get it and she was going to be sick and I was, Clorox wiping every single grocery that I brought home and wouldn't let my husband in the house until he changed. And I'm not sure how the shift happened, but I realized that we couldn't live life like that and that the risk of her getting COVID compared to what I was doing to my family was I I needed to back off. Um, And so I am cautious and I want to be careful and I respect that COVID is something new and we don't know a lot about it. Um, and we should be careful. But I think as far as being fearful, um, I think that just can put you in such a a difficult place um, for all of us.
0: Right. And you know, the um the highs and lows of this, when we were in the beginning and the we were shut down, and and charity knows my husband is a social butterfly and he (laughs) he is out and about and he loves to eat you know, at a restaurant twice a daily. And he, for him to stay home was very trying Mm -hmm. for us as a couple. We had uh, our daughter living with us and her in school and it was very difficult. And I was worried about my husband Mm -hmm. and he's not afraid. He's just not afraid. And he'd sneak off and go, (laughs) when we started opening, he'd go down to Dutch's And I'm like, Greg, stop it. (laughs) But you know, it was, I was that person in the beginning and, you know, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't going to do anything. I would come here. Paul and I are separated. Um, we went through a time with no guest. And then I had to say, you know what? It is what it is. We've got to live our life and um, we got to get back to some sort of normalcy. And I've said that for a while. And I'm saying a new better than ever normalcy because our life, our lives were, we were taking advantage of mm-hmm. what, what we had in our war protocol. And, you know, just the number of times of washing your hands now. I mean, think about the number of times you wash your hands compared to some of us before prior. So taking advantage and we will treat um, disease control differently. I'm quite certain. Sure. Certain. Absolutely.
2: Okay. So can I add something to that? You sure also, can. Um, And um, to expound on that further, our new normalcy has gotten better. Like we have found the silver lining in that we were so overscheduled. I mean, whether oh, it's kids' God. activities, JT's mm-hmm. activities, my activities, family stuff. I mean, we never had a night home alone or a light just, I mean, we were so overscheduled. And I think about the, um, you know, there's a Coco Chanel that said, always take one item off before going out. And I mean, to me, that's going to be my name on mantra. Like, take one thing off your schedule. Absolutely. Because we've been so overscheduled and it has I mean it's been busy. It's been it's been crazy. Um at times and my children have sometimes just needed some time apart and probably needed time apart from me as well. Um but it has been so nice to just calm down.
0: It has and just
2: take things off our schedule. And regroup because mm-hmm. we all
0: know and and we're all in many organizations and I mean, we're just in the the word in our previous pre-March 8th, I am so busy. I am so busy. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. And you're teaching, we are teaching our children that that's just the way it should be, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, my mom was home all day and made dinner, breakfast, lunch and dinner for us growing up, and I, if she was alive today, she were like to be alive today. She would just, <laughs> y'all needed to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Just because you can do it all doesn't mean necessarily that you need to do it all. Exactly. And I've learned that. Absolutely. That is such a great thing. And there are silver linings in this entire situation. There certainly are. New businesses are developed. Mm-hmm. Um, we have learned that we don't have to go to an office building all the time to, to uh, accommodate our careers. We certainly don't have to do that. So there is a silver lining for sure. Yeah. I just want it to go away. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Um, suicide rates in children. I, um, when I hear on news or in the media of children that have taken their lives and um, who is, who is the people now that are seeing that? Um, I have a friend that her nephew killed himself and he, they had the most loving family. No one saw it. Everyone missed it and these children that are left and there's not a teacher and a teacher mm-hmm. the teacher um that was on here, on the show she sees it she sees because she's with these children how many hours a day you know we see our kids in the morning to send them off to school mm-hmm. there with them she said that she sees these these children and their emotional status and where they are that's another thing
1: that's going yeah on. it's not just the physical abuse but the the the, the mental the mental yes the, i mean teachers bless their souls, catch that too. I mean, that, that something's not right, that that child is off, that they're not participating. They have, um, resources at school for children that are struggling. They have school counselors. They have, um, you know, those resources that you really can't facilitate at home on a zoom call. Um, I was the, and I want to go back cause Oh, I lost it again in my notes, (laughs) but (laughs) it happens, but the, 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 The woman that I spoke to at Cook Children's um, said that they're missing so much now because even these well visits or sick visits that they're doing on Teladoc or virtual, they can't get a whole picture. They're not one-on-one. She said the amount of sexual abuse that we would catch on these visits because the parents weren't in the room or because we said, is there anything else you want us to know? And they would just break down. Um, She said, we're not catching that because they're on a Zoom call with their abuser, maybe right next to them. Um, And yes, we talked about the screen time and the isolation and how these kids that maybe were already struggling are just spiraling.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's just devastating. I have a friend that's a pediatrician and she is, you know, you can't, you can't, and when she says touch, she can't, you can't mm. get a, a feeling. And when she touches a child and they flinch or, or right. Right. all those little signs. Yes. The little signs that are there that they're missing. Absolutely. I understand 1000%. Yeah. And I, and you know, we'll go back to the COVID is real. It is real. We get it 1000% because I, it has touched my family, but are we back to being fearful as moms and, um, are we at that point of sending back kids children back and losing children i asked my husband if our grandchildren went to school it was back and forth my husband thinks children should be in school that is his his fault mm-hmm. i definitely believe in the choice um if you send these children back to school and they do come home and like you said charity you spread this to a compromised person mm-hmm. where are you Does it is there? Are y'all weighing this? You know what I mean. I mean,
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, you. We could debate this all day. Absolutely. How do you weigh a life? You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't want a life lost. You don't want a child's life lost. You don't want a grandparent, you know, who's immunocompromised, to be at risk because you send your children to school. This is not easy. It's not. It's not just to open the doors back up and let them run in. I mean, we have to. I would like to say depend on our school board um, to make these decisions to um, keep teachers and students safe and open those doors for the the children that need it and for the families that want the choice. I feel like I'm losing confidence in their, um, desire ability to do that at this point. Um, so it's, it's maybe the community, it's parents speaking up and saying, you know, how can I help you? And maybe not even at your school, at other schools, what resources do you need? Do you need more masks? How can we make you feel safe? Um, how can we get these kids back in the classroom where they do best? where they're safest, not just for their physical safety, but they have their emotional needs met. They're, um, you know, they need that.
0: Absolutely. And you, you are a part of these town hall meetings. You're listening in. Yeah.
1: So these town hall meetings are on zoom calls Mm -hmm. and um, you can watch them through a YouTube channel.
0: Right. Yes. And you're part of this. You're watching and advocating.
1: I have been, I never thought I'd be so involved in this. I know. Never, Yeah. never, but it's that it's that idea that who is who's speaking up for those that can't speak for themselves. I mean, who's speaking up for the children that are homeless who now who knows how they're getting fed or money or, Mm -hmm. or taken care of. Um, you mentioned the 80%, um, the 80% that
0: that do not of the homeless that don't access the shelters and i am assuming here i'm just assuming because there's probably rules mm-hmm. with the shelters is that am i accurate on that's that
1: that's that's a great question but right. but that would make sense right right checking in and
2: yes uh, well, and then certain shelters they might have a family unit where families are able to come or certain shelters have only men or only women or only women and children and so they fill up And because, you know, there might be a waiting list for women with children allowed. And then in addition, there are the rules, you know, that's um, no drugs or right. you know, Union Gospel Mission requires you to go to chapel. Right. So um, there are, you know, so whether there's room or whether there's rules that people don't want to follow.
0: That makes sense. One mm-hmm. thousand percent. Um our sorority, my sorority in Kennedy's Alpha Chi Omega, um, the women's shelter that, mm-hmm. for Tarrant County. And we've worked so hard and raised money for them. But it's true. They have they have it's women and children and and they have. Very strict rules mm-hmm. for 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 that facility for sure, um, and what a great great cause. I mean, yes. yeah, I mean, so that that is if you can do anything because I I'm asking you, what can we do? What can people that are listening right now? Because this is just not in Fort Worth. It's not just in Dallas. It's not just yes. in Austin, which is uh, my three cities that I really uh, speak speak passionately about. It's all over the the world. The world right I mean. yes
1: it is I would say reach out to your your local community outreach programs um, that are providing mm-hmm. um, meals uh, you know school supplies for at home um, Fort Worth ISD is is doing some things to get, um, you know, the technology to students, um, volunteer to be a tutor or a teacher. Um, I think there's been this push to open YMCAs and churches and, um, you know, offer a place for children to come and be safe, um, volunteer at those, see how you can help, you know, financially or physically present. Um, I think, you know, look at your, look at your school board, look at your school and, and what, um, their plan is. How are they protecting their teachers? Um, how are they moving to get these kids back in school? This was something I've never paid attention to until this, um, has all happened. And now my eyes are opened and, and I, I want to put some pressure on, this to go forward and kids to be back in school safely, um, with that facilitated by our representation absolutely. And what is going on, Charity, uh, or or both of
0: you, your church? I mean, the church you're at the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. so what's going on there? I mean, obviously, they're, I mean, are they virtual or um,
2: well, we have opened up to some in person services, have you? Really, um, JT, and I, and you know, I will tell you, I guess maybe we went that's first Sunday of spring break before everything was closed down and we were seated. We were the only ones in our pew and no one on the pew in front and behind. Um but other than that, we have not gone back as a family in person. Right. Um so it's we've been doing that virtual as well. Exactly.
0: It, it's amazing what you can do virtually, isn't it? Amazing. Of course. Yeah. So tell me um Tell me, Catherine, the timeline, like s- start me, let's walk through this timeline because I want to see where we are because, um, I ask people, are you starting back? And they're like, I don't know. I mean, I, and it's, yeah, and we it's again, it's fluid. We don't know. It's and, fluid. Everything's
1: uh, very fluid. I know. Yes, we it's t- changed and gone back. And I right. yes. was we asking my
0: producer, Paul, before, and I said, are, are you sure you're going, I mean, because- some are going and some are not. Mm-hmm. And and again, I'm, I'm not aware. So what is the timeline? We started back in July with all this. And-
1: yeah, so it started in July um, on the 20th when our superintendent um, did make the announcement. We believe the best place for a child to learn is in the classroom with a teacher. We also know our current health crisis is making that a challenge. So at that point in time on July twentieth, the option was going to be offered for virtual um or in person learning. Um on the twenty first, our Tarrant County Health official said um that in fact we will not be able to start um, in person at all. That we will be virtual until at least the 28th of September, um, which is a is would be a six the first six week mark of the school calendar year. i still starting on the 17th. Um, and this is kind of where my education has grown um, exponentially and, and maybe more. I think we talked about how I'm not an expert and I don't know how qualified I am, but I am a human and I care about these humans so very much um, that maybe are so vulnerable and don't have a voice. Um, but our Texas Education Agency um, said that we that in-person and virtual should be offered. And if the district was not prepared for that in-person, they could have an additional three weeks. um, Whereas our superintendent board made the decision to go six weeks. Um, So at this point, when they made that announcement and my heart dropped for these children who so badly need to be in school, um, I started communicating with close friends and then more members of the community. And um, one of my dearest friends said, maybe we should just protest. I think we should just protest this. And so we made a Facebook page and um, the numbers started growing and she created an event and said, we're going to have a protest at Judge Whitley's office on Monday, the 27th. And um, I'm not sure how it caught his attention, but um, we worked together on the Friday before the 27th and she got a phone call. And it was Judge Whitley. And he said, I heard you want to come see me on Monday. She said, yes, we're planning. um, We would like to um, just make a a physical demonstration of how we feel like the choice should be offered. um, That in-person is essential for 80% of our community. So he said, okay, well, if you would like some time to come in the courtroom and speak to me, I would... Give you that opportunity. So throughout um, the next couple of days, we were approached by um uh my friend who has worked with the homeless for 15 years, um, doctors and nurses and um pediatric ER nurses who agreed, like this has got to have, we've got to have a start date, this, this sweeping order and these prophylactic closures, um, and this going back and forth, like we're not going to do March again. We're not going to do the spring again. We need to have something more in place. Um, so meeting with, um, judge Glenn Whitley, we, we felt like he was putting the, the, um, I don't notice the blame or the pointing the finger back to the superintendents of Fort Worth, HEB and Arlington um, and that they said we're not ready, although they had said we're ready to open, you know, the 17th. We've been preparing since the spring. So they said they weren't ready. And then that. And then following suit, the health officials said, we're just gonna keep everything closed. And at that time included private, non-religious schools as well as charter schools. Um, So this was our entire county, not just Fort Worth ISD. Um, And then following that meeting with with Judge Whitley, the next day, Attorney General Ken Paxton said, you cannot just do the sweeping order and close all these schools. This needs to be, you know, more of a case-by-case scenario for districts. So after that, private schools were going to open, charter schools were going to open, districts surrounding us, including Dallas, going to open. Um, Fort Worth ISD is still one of the very few that are not opening, not just um, virtually until the 8th, but that have this... Reevaluation on October 6th to see if we then, in fact, can open back up. October. October.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Okay. October 6th. Next.
2: Which is just mind-blowing to me. I mean, going back to me being a planner, why in the world is there not a... Uh, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, something to offer a choice. I mean, TC, you can go back and figure out how to do it safely. I mean, maybe there is some more online than, than the preference would be. However, I mean, nothing brings me more joy than going on my daily walks and seeing kids on the campus. Absolutely. And they all have their masks and some of them not properly worn. Right. You know, how, how, <laughs> the mustache going <laughs> on. <laughs> right. um, but still, I mean, it's just there's something so wonderful about seeing children or, you know, kids or, whatever together. And it's just mind boggling to me that we are in one of the largest school districts in Texas. And yet the there's not a plan in place.
0: Let me ask you a question. Okay. You have small children, both of you. All right. So four-year-old, how, how do you think, okay, so that our, our older, my daughter can go and do the right thing and socially distance and wear her mask and know understand that she has to sit so far apart. The professor may be in a bubble. Um, how do you perceive, if you were a teacher, to go in and to have, what is it, twenty seven, 15 to 26 year six-year-old to keep them socially distanced? Is that, does that, that blows my mind. How can that happen? But it can happen, right? But or, how do y'all feel about that? Like,
1: do you just... It's like the teacher is a teacher, right? I think that's a great question. I, I, I think at this point that should not be the case. I think you have to. And again, when we had the in-person and virtual option, if you had a percentage that were virtual, then you would have smaller True. classrooms, um, in, in. I don't know how they would do it. I don't know how you keep four-year-olds from running and hugging you or their friends or touching. Um, I have a friend who's a preschool teacher. And she said, Catherine, we have to teach these kids not to share. That's what you learn in preschool is to share. Like They can't share. Mm -hmm. This is different. We're in a different world. I think that we are resourceful. I think teachers are the most resourceful humans that we have. I mean, I think that they solve problems um, in amazing ways. And I think that there's got to be a way for it to be done. I just think it's separating desks, it's smaller classrooms, it's it's walking one way you know, down a hall, it's maybe staggering days um, or staggering um, times that they would be out on the playground. Um, some of the schools um, that are reopening and then some of the schools I mentioned um, all over our world that are doing this very successfully um, have done things like small little um, pods of maybe 12 kids within the school that they stay together um, and then that way if if one of them were to get sick. It wouldn't spread to the whole school. Um, I think this is when we don't just throw our hands up in the air and say, it's too big. We can't do it because it's at the cost of these children. Mm -hmm. I think this is when we say, what do you need? How can we do it? We have to make it happen safely.
2: So we did go as a family to railhead last weekend. And I mean, is there anything new or different in railhead in the last 30 years? No, no. However, there is now. They have plexiglass. You know, when you got wind around, mm-hmm. they have plexiglass, and there's like a one little window that you talk through to put your order in. Right. And I'm thinking, I mean, we, we love Railhead, but for if for them to be creative and figure out a way to make it happen and make it safe, why, I mean, why— Right, you just get creative. You figure
0: something out. Right, you know I've had um, I as a chef myself, but having restaurateurs and chefs on here, they're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. You know they are figuring it out because I mean we're dining, we're curbside, whatever your choice is in the dining world, a restaurant world, Mm -hmm. they are figuring it Mm -hmm. out, and I agree. I do think um, I think it will be. and I hope that by the time we figure this out, it, we are closing to the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we talked about this in June. said, I'm not going to talk about COVID anymore on the show. I'm just <laughs> not going to do it. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? I'm doing a whole show on it right now. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So, so do you – You we just keep pushing through, correct? Mm-hmm. You, you just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, do you see the other side
1: at all? Do you see? I think I s- see it. It looks a lot it? different than what – we would have hoped for before. I think, I think it's different. I think we live in a different world. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. Fear is a four letter word. And instead of being fearful, let's, let's go forward. Let's, let's figure out these problems. Like we, there's so many smart people. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but there's people that can solve these problems and work towards, um, I mean, not just getting kids back in school, but, but let's, let's kind of adjust our thinking of mourning what we had and moving forward for something new that's going to look different, but that's okay. It is okay. Okay. 100%
0: 100% okay, because a lot of things are going to look different now. I mean, Absolutely. a lot of things well, are different.
1: Well, like Charity and I were talking on the way in here, and I said, I just feel like this is going to be a time in our history that we look back and say, what did we do to these kids? What did we do? Why didn't anybody say anything? And I think for someone who's non-confrontational and usually afraid to say the wrong thing, the wrong thing was not saying anything. And so that's... Kind of where we are. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. I can't. I mean, I thank you
0: both for being on the front line with your children. Of course, I mean, and because there's, the, I do have friends that just they say they can't do it. They cannot. They they can't teach their children. They don't know how to teach their children. They they are not type A. I'm extremely type mm-hmm. A, and they don't know how. And then there's the children that don't have the, even the opportunity, right? you know, and that's who we're missing. And I, and I can't stand these staggering numbers mm-hmm. that, that we're seeing and you that you've presented to me today. I just, I just can't believe it. But anyway, we're going to fix this. We're all in this together. We you are we missing again? No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all you're doing, both of you. And, um, we are going to pray that this outcomes, the outcome is mm-hmm. quick as fast as possible. And we're not even going to talk about vaccines. That's a whole different deal. A whole different podcast next time. That's right. That's right. Because you're a nurse. Absolutely. So everyone, thank you so much for listening and allowing these guests, these fabulous guests to share their, their information and their, their choices and to not forget those that are left behind because we need to take care of each other. We definitely need to do that. Okay. So you girls, you are on social media and mm-hmm. charity, you are at CF Oggenbaun, A U G H I N B A U G H. Correct. All right. And then, Catherine, you're at C A T C R U D U P. Yes. That's it. Okay. All right. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Follow along at Tiffany C. Blockman on Instagram. And hey, do me a favor, go over to my podcast, my so-called fabulous rate and review. Come on, rate and review. We're trying to get up there in that Apple world. And everyone, take care of each other, take care of yourself, and keep being fabulous.